Hey there, folks. Once again, we are going to be speaking with our leadership coach and mentor, Guillaume Viart. This is part two of a, of a series that I did with Guillaume that started last week. And in this episode, part two, we're going to talk specifically about leadership practices and that changing the narrative and building respectful relationships is part of that. Unlocking courage and saying the thing you're afraid to say and how that is a practice of leadership and inspirational narrative. What happens? He gives an example of what happens to one of his international clients when she steps up and does that. And then we talk about shrinking the brag zone and intuition in business um, and exploring new ways to connect with your audience. And we touch on intuitive decision making how he's applying that, practicing that currently, and taking time to listen internally. And we finish by unlocking strategies through exploring your origin story. And um, that translates into some of his next steps in his business. Anyway, Guillaume is a super interesting person, very knowledgeable, but what I love most about him is he's kind, curious, and focused on creating impact in the world as we break through limiting labels and, and beliefs. So without any further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. And then it's how you practice it. So when building a narrative is not just writing stuff, not just having those good intentions or not just the values that you label, that you put on your uh, on your website. Hey, we are this, we're that, we're collaborative, we're great, this. It's also how do I experience it? And, uh, and so the, the rubber meets the road. The, the key is to connect uh, at all levels of everything you do between make the connection between what you say and and how you walk your talk that that's really when you start building a narrative it's about the details it's about the words you use for instance uh last night i published an article about the fact that i don't use the word competitor or competition in my uh daily language i stay away from it i try to it's it's hard because most people around me use that left and right and i made this conscious choice because language and words are, are, you know, language is performative. You, you shape the reality uh, that you live in, and you sh therefore you shape the narrative by uh, using you know, specific words. So, so first I have that intention to keep that, that jargon away, that, you know, forget competitive. But then how do I listen to myself, you know, on a daily basis? That's how I practice that very specific goal of mine in my leadership practices. Do, how do I see this and how do I label or, or not label people that, you know, some, some, other, some of, my, of my peers say, oh, you're competitors. And I say, well, you mean my colleagues, my confrères, 
that's a French, you know, Latin, you know, confratere, meaning, meaning uh, being a brother with or of, because that's what my, that, th that's what leadership should be about. It should be about practicing how you rally people to, uh, to go through tough changes, to tough situation and challenges. And so you can only do that. You can only do that um, if you look at yourself first. <laughs> and so that is the most effective way to change the narrative. What I mean by this line, Sarah, is write everything you want on your documents and your website and communication and marketing and all that. That's great. That's only maybe 2% of the work. 98% is how do you execute on it? How do you apply it? How do you hold yourself accountable? How do you keep your, your, your team aligned? And if your team or if, if, if anybody else has a better idea, better suggestion, or please listen and, and take that into consideration in how you shape the narrative together. That's, Did I answer the question? That I answered it in a number of ways for me. And I okay. had a similar conversation not long ago. Someone said, well, how, you know, what about our competitors? And I said, okay, first of all, I'd like to tell you, you don't have competitors. You are unique in what you are doing. You're doing it your own way. And honest to goodness, there are enough people in this world who need your help. Don't worry about your competitors. In fact, they're going to help you. So, but it's that mind shift. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe everybody's a competitor, then you don't have to guard against everybody. You don't have to think, oh, Gilm's going to take them from me. Or, you know, it's like, wow, it's a different lens of saying, you know what? The best fit right now is Gilm. And I'm better serving someone, even if they're my current quote unquote client, mm -hmm. to share. Um, if my intent is to have the impact that I say I want my business to have. So that's mm -hmm. what you're saying, like practicing. How are you practicing? Yeah your culture, if you will. Uh, yeah, your culture, that, that's right. And so in the article, I also, uh, I, I also shared a few things that I do, you know, to, again, uh, as a leader of, of my practice and uh, you know, practically speaking, what do I do? Well, I have a, a free to attend a course uh, every month on, thir on the thir third Thursday uh, of, the, of the month. And I reach out to my peers, colleagues, people who also do strategic narrative work. And I said, do you want to come? I, I, loved, I loved your feedback. Like, maybe you can, you can tell me what you think of this. Is it helpful? And, uh, and you know, several of, them have, several, several of them have taken me up on this. Offer. And they, they, they came and we, re, we became really good, good uh, you know, uh, uh, good friends. That comes from my background. My dad is a, is a doctor. Uh, he's an ENT. And he built a practice in our little town in France. Um, uh, when he was in his 30s, he came to this town, knew no one. And the first thing he did was to invite all of the other doctors, uh, all, all, all other physicians in the, in the region uh, for dinner. And so I was a kid and I would see all those people, you know, uh, multiple times a week come for dinner to get to know each other, exchange resources, practices, ideas. And he never used the word competitors. Never, ever, right? I didn't even notice it. Uh, until I didn't know what a competitor was until in, you know, in that uh, environment until I was maybe 18 or 20 when I went to business school and like, okay, here is Jaho, you're going to have to compete and you're going to have to defeat these people because there is war in the market and you ha you'll have to find a niche. And, uh, and you see all, all that jargon that we use, that, that metaphor, that narrative of the uh -huh. war, right? It, it's, it's in a way, okay, it's valid. People will say I'm a dreamer, I'm, I'm crazy, maybe I'm not the only one. 
but uh here's their song lyrics like that. yes there is a there's a, <laughs> a famous song, song lyrics right here <laughs> let's see that, that it comes from that background of my my dad used to call um his his colleagues advisor that he used to call them confrère and in french he would he would start every letter or sentence i i would i would hear him dictate his letters you know on his little cassette tape and say and start with cher confrère right with the, with the highest degree of respect which is something that i wish we would see more way 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 more in our professions in our advisory professions of coaches consultants engineers designers um, anybody with a with a consulting aspect to their business needs to uh, you know pay attention to this. I'm going to share a, a quick anecdote with yep. you because one of my coaches, like one of the people who coaches me, mm -hmm. um, grew up in France, and um, so she writes handwritten letters. Okay. Periodically, beautiful. I mean, like the stationery is beautiful, but it always starts Bisusera, right? And everything is very sweet and. It's elegant in its simplicity, you know. Mm. It's not just a quick email, you know. I'm thinking, okay. And I just took something from that. I mean, it's changed how I think about things and go, Sarah, take a little more time. Yeah. You used to spend time doing this. Just do it. It's so appreciative when you do that. And mm. I and I thought, yeah, it's just going back to some of those basic things of seeing people as people. Right. Not walking wallets or not yeah. competitors. Oh, I or... love that word, walking wallet. That's the, that, you know, that's how I used to, uh, to uh, I noticed that's how my colleagues in the retail store uh, used to see things. And you know, they would go Very to people and say, yeah, um, are you finding everything okay? I'm like, <laughs> wait I a minute. I'm, sometimes I want to be sarcastic. I'm going, if I couldn't, I would ask for help. But yeah. that's not really what you're asking. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Exact. Okay, we're getting back to you now. I've got to get us sure. back on track. Um, so I'm wondering, can you, you know, folks, when you get the book or you read it, there's a section on the 10 principles of turning your organization into a source of inspirational inspiration. And I'm what I'm wondering, Guillaume, is could you share one or two stories of of those um principles and how they were applied maybe really successfully for someone uh yes i i i thought so first of all i want to say in that in the book i picked 10 because 10 sounded cool <laughs> but i really had a hard time you know figuring out what should be my 10 principles that's what i recommend my clients that they do also in what what i call uh, building their own perspective that they set a number and they start there so I have more, but I can remember a couple of, of them that really stood out to me when I wrote this. Uh, the first one is the story of my client, my client Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a, is a top executive at uh, L'Oréal. I've been uh, working with her for many, many years. And she was an expat here in Seattle. She comes from a background of really expert in products, you know, beauty products, cosmetology, formulation, and so on. And she, she accepts uh, the job to run a device division of L'Oréal, right? Uh, so which is a completely different business model, different culture, and a uh, new environment, uh, different language. So she had all the, the, the perfect storm for adaptive change here, everything at the same time very messy uh all the parameters change and she has to relocate her family she has to travel a ton um and every year she has to do that 
that those keynotes uh, back in Paris, um, it's, an it's an international meeting, internal meeting, and she she runs into struggles uh, with uh, with some of his peers back at the headquarter where you know they don't they are not she doesn't feel like they're on the same page because it's she's working on a business model that they are not just not used to right so she has to educate them and uh she we start working on this keynote that she she's preparing along with other pieces uh of strategy and i know her well enough to feel like she's not telling the it's not a it's not ringing true it's just ringing to there's some kind of varnish around things it's like she's sugarcoating things right and i had to at some point to say you know i i'm just not feeling this right it's not you there's something here so we had this you know the long conversation and finally she admitted that there was an elephant in the room that she was scared of calling out um i'll make this story the rest of the story quite short and because i, I can't give uh, confidential details here but she finally she ended up calling out in front of everyone uh, you know the elephant in the room um the the uh, inadequation between two business models she was so afraid to say this. And so my principle here is to say the thing that you are afraid to say, uh, because you will always be surprised that it, it actually, it, it usually is the thing that everybody wants to hear, most people were thinking about, but so many people were afraid to say, and I, I put in my book, people will trust you for saying and doing what they wanted to say and do, right? You're, you're just liberating something and unlocking something. So that's a practical tip to make your strategic narrative an act of leadership, not just an act of literature. Sure, we at that, that day, we, we were working on a keynote and PowerPoint slide and a script. We were doing an act of literature, but not just that. It was mostly working on, um, on Elizabeth's you know, leadership, courage, behavior, beliefs, and having the guts to say what she was noticing. And that changes her narrative. Totally she's in that she moment was, and beyond so, yeah i mean the feedback that she got was okay finally we hear the truth finally somebody there saying what we're up against therefore we will be better suited to fix the problem thank you and she got she she was she sent me emails after that of people what what people were saying so and that made her a better leader and now she's a very successful uh team builder people people leader um you know at, at l'oreal and she carries on her journey. One of the ones that you have in there that I was curious about, if you could, if you recall the story, um, is talking about shrinking the brag zone. Okay, yeah, I love this one. <laughs> I just love the concept of it. The brag zone is the brag zone show is is what I what I mean by this is um things like we are best in class. We use only best practices and all combined together, we have 355 years of experience and our product is leading edge because X, Y, Z. It's just, you know, uh, it's just focusing, it's just having the mindset that you just need to have the self-centered view of your business that the more you say about how great you are, um, the, the better it's going to be. That's from a different century, not even a different decade. It's a different from a different century when 
you know, adver advertising was just starting. We, that's not how our, work, our world works anymore. Sure, you're great, right? But what we want to hear instead is how you're able to reframe the reality uh, in, in which we live. Like, what's your point of view, really? How do you read my condition? Um, how do you interpret what's going on in my company, in my market, uh, with my life? How do you, what are the, what could you point out that would help me uh, manage my family better? Instead of telling me that you've got 30 years of experience as a, as a therapist and you've got all those diplomas and so on, just that. So the, 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 the brag zone is this dangerous area that we, we are a little bit all scared of and, and stuck in. And, you know, and nobody wants to be that person. Like to, if, who, who likes to brag really? Who wants to, better, to, better, to, to brag better here? And you know, whoever you, you are, if you're listening to this, do you want to brag? I'm sure you don't want to do that, right? But that's the only mode that we typically know that we are taught, right? So just forget about this. Let, let go of this and just tell us what you see out there. That's already helpful. You, you're just one or two words with just one or two things. And that will work so much better. Thank you for that. Because I was super curious about that. I, and I yeah. relate to what you're saying. You know, when someone says, send us this, I'm going, why do you even need to know that? It's not going to help what we're going to be working. It no, just exactly. feels too much. It's like, anyway, it's that whole labels kind of thing. Yeah, I, well. I, and, I, and to be very specific, I can sniff the brag zone miles away when I work with people. I can also show them visually. Like I, I can open their, their, their sales deck and they, they're, say, 20, 20 slides. And I can say, you see those 19 slides? That's the brag zone. We need to change that, <laughs> but that's all. That's all I know. Okay, well, yeah, I know. I'm here to help you be more creative about other things and see see the outside. Oh, I really appreciate that. Okay, I'm shifting gears again. Just a little yeah. heads up here. Um, <laughs> I asked you before we went live if there was something that has been um, specifically this morning, but mm. even beyond that, that you've been thinking about lately. That is coming into you about how you're approaching business or your life. And I'm wondering if you would share a little bit about that. That was a great question, by the way. And I told you I was going to steal that question. Feel <laughs> free. That didn't catch me off guard. That just made me reflect on how I just spend my day and what's going on. And what, I'm, what am I learning? And the word I, I my answer was uh, intuition, um, intuition in business. And it's one. It's my my intention this year. How do I continue to evolve my narrative? Is to pay attention more to my intuition this year. Uh, I mean, this year or you know, forever <laughs> or today. <laughs> let's say. Uh, I th I think I should listen to to it more. Pay attention to it more. I think that very often time I spend hours overthinking things uh, when I pretty much uh, just know the answer. So I. I bought myself this little reminder here. Um, I'm sure I'm going to show you here because we're on camera, but I'll read what it is. It's a mug um, that says, uh, hold on, let me overthink this. Oh my God, that's so great. It's, it's a reminder uh, for how I typically roll and what I should try to do less of and maybe uh, uh, think less, but feel more. Or more, you know, what, what my body is telling me. Do I have uh, goosebumps, chills? Do I, you know, was it someone? So I, I don't know anything about 
how you do this better. So I, I'm I'm all ears here if you can help me, Sarah. But I, I asked a few, I asked my coaches too and a few friends and they told me, oh, you've got to do embodiment exercises. I'm like, what's that? Okay. And immediately I, I thought, yeah, this is great. This is what I need. I, I'm feeling things. Absolutely. So I'll st- I'm, that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm starting there. Um, I, it's, it's always interesting to see, you know, I sit on board meetings very often and we try to rationalize these decisions and so on. And you see the moment where the decision is actually just purely based on intuition because we, we've, we've, we've tried so hard to rationalize everything that we can't do it. We're like, okay, screw this. Let's just go with uh, B. We're doing it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I got in so much trouble because someone said, well, why, why, what is your thought process behind that? Where's the data? I'm saying there's absolutely no data. I'm sorry. I just, I've been watching things, seeing things. It's, it's my gut. I'm going, yeah, that doesn't fly in a corporation very well. Um, It does. And it's more so, you know, it comes from some other observations. Go ahead. I was going to ask, ask that question to you is, do you, do you see that it's, do you see a prog- do you see progress there personally or in the external corporations incorporation um, i see people being willing to examine it more okay you know but i still think we have this reliance on proof mm-hmm. so um sometimes i feel like a salmon swimming upstream you know it's like okay we need all this data okay mm-hmm. that's good if they're metrics they help us understand where we are in relationship to where we want to go but do they tell us are people better off? Like, mm. are there are there some things that we're observing that may not be quantifiable yet? You know, mm-hmm. maybe early on in the capturing of that kind of information, or that is such. For me, Guillaume, it's more a sense of like I see something being used in one way, mm-hmm. and my sense is if it got tweaked just a little bit, it would really help over here, right? But then I have to check in, like, okay. Is that me trying to fix something or whatever? So I have to listen internally to what's going on. And is it like a, what's my intuition telling me? And then also to check in in my, when you talk about the body, the body senses is like, I can feel like when it's a fix it kind of thing. Oh, my neck and shoulders get tight. Cause I'm like, I'm muscling against it. So mm-hmm. the body work is really helpful. Body and breath work and all okay. of that. It's like, okay. Just settle in and let's just not overthink things, which is what cracked me up about your mug. Because my mantra now is like, when I know I have a big project to do, it's like, just what's the easiest way you can do this? Like, keep it simple. And um, (laughs) honestly, going, okay, if you didn't do this and this and this, you'd get it done. And I practiced that getting ready for your episode because I normally have this really elaborate thing. And I'm thinking, let's see if we can do it different. And I didn't, I had a lot of fun doing it because I did it different. So anyway, that's a little yeah. off track. But how will you apply that, do you think, going forward? I don't know. I'll have to think about <laughs> how do we apply this? You mean You'll for have me? to think about it. For, for me or? Either <laughs> Isn't way. That Either Let way. me overthink this a little bit, Sarah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so funny. <clears throat> no, for, you meant for me or in general? Um, or both? For you and your business, I think. You know, because I think you're doing some unique things. And so it'll trickle out to your client. So I'll tell you what I started doing and to, to, to apply this is to, um, I meet with myself two, three times a week, um, first thing in the morning. And I do some journaling 
I breathe and write down what I'm sensing. Uh, first of all, I carve at that time. Uh, there's a great say by a French CEO, I can't remember the name, who said, if you're, if you're not meeting with yourself 20 minutes a day, you're committing a professional mistake, uh, error, error professionnel, meaning, meaning you're, you're, not, um, you're, you're not fulfilling your contract. That's the literal sense, you know, the, the meaning in French. Uh, so he wanted all of his uh, managers, leaders, uh, everything in his, and, and everyone to carve out 20 minutes a day as a mandatory uh, activity. So I thought I would implement that. Uh, and that, that's, that's, working, that's working well. I'm not at every day 20 minutes, but at least three times a week uh, so far. Uh, trying to be a better leader here. Uh, and also time management, uh, because if I have all the time that I you know i want and need and schedule for something then i start overthinking so um i use an app called focusmate uh focusmate is an, is a is a platform where you can schedule time to focus with other people who wants to focus you just hop on a uh, zoom call like uh, interface where you just say hi what you're going to what are you going to work on and then you turn off your microphone and your video if you wish and then you start working and I started to schedule a shorter session of that sort right at, at specific moments of the uh, of the week uh, to force me to just just not to think too much, but follow what my gut is telling me because I have a limited amount of time. Yep. So that's. I that's have what a prediction have. for you that once you get in the groove of that three times, yeah, you'll start observing some different things, and you're going to say, mm -hmm. "Oh, I think I need more." Mm. because the benefits back to you personally and right. professionally right. will start to magnify. Yes. It's, it's kind of a fun process. Um, and if I'm wrong, please reach back and say, what the heck were you talking about? I'll, I'll call um, your customer service. <laughs> yeah, I am my customer service. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay. So I know you've got a new thing that you're going to be implementing in your business. You're going to start a podcast. Yes. expert on a mission and yes. what's the genesis of that and what are you hoping to accomplish from it so in my work uh the the piece that i am most very uh, most excited about and that i'm always fascinated about is uh the origin story of someone or or or, or of a business and i noticed that there is there is a phenomenon we forget why we started something you know there's amnesia right and i i'm fortunate enough to be picky with who i want to work with and i work with uh, one of the criteria for who i prefer to work with people who, who who sound and feel like they they are on a mission they may not they may not necessarily be able to exactly articulate it and that's okay uh, I can help with that if if they want to, but they just feel like it. They're just committed. They just they're just something, you know, a force that is greater than themselves that they want to use, or and they don't know how to channel it. Um, and so when they are in their entrepreneurial journey, they they typically start there and they they either join a company where you know that is to use that energy. They 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 focus on their vocation. They do incredible things or or start their own business, and then over time they forget. Forget. And every time we, I help, I've helped someone, somebody remember this, that moment. 
it unlocked so many things. Um, it, it typically it just clarifies the business strategy at a level that is just unprecedented because all of, all of a sudden we remember why we started. Maybe where we are headed is not necessarily the, the, the direction that we had in the first place, but at least we're conscious of that and we, we regain control and, and intention over where we want to head strategically. So I have this very specific way to do this exercise with people that I call exploring your origin story. And I thought, wouldn't it be beautiful, wonderful to invite people to not experience the formal exercise, because that's not what you do on a podcast, but just just come in and, and talk a little bit about you know, why they are on this mission, what happened, uh, what are they struggling with, what kind of help they're looking for, maybe give them also a platform and an audience to ask for help uh, and build community and, um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, and relationship. Uh, I, I'll have to say this is inspired by my my one of my favorite uh, podcasts. Um, next, uh, you know, second to yours, of course. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you know, Guy Raz, um, how I build this. I don't know if you know that podcast. Where he I, I do know of it. You don't know of it, okay? So it's, I and you know I've been listening to that podcast for years, and every time I get goosebumps, like oh my gosh. That's how Mud Pizza was started. Mm, wow, this couple was driving with their kids. They couldn't find healthy, uh, healthy choices for their kids. And also they wanted to see uh, restaurants that offer opportunities. And they started Mud Pizza, which is now you know, a national uh, chain here in the US. International, I think it's international, about to be public. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do my own version of this for uh, people in professional services who are mission-driven. And uh, Expert on a Mission is also the name of my coaching program. Um, so I, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I just want to, I, and I think that gets me going. That will very likely fuel my mission. Yeah. Well, Where I, I am. It well. Okay. So I'm that, super that, excited about it. It didn't make sense. It makes perfect sense. And, okay. Um, I love that you're, well, it also aligns with people who are just like, they're going, okay, this is what currently exists, not satisfied with it. Let's do something different. And just because it doesn't exist doesn't mean there can't be something better, different, whatever. So I think that's so powerful. When are you going to launch? Uh, so I can subscribe. Let me think about it. No, just kidding. Um, I'll have to ask my intuition. Because I don't have a launch date yet, I did um, I did the few a handful of test conversations to see how it feels, what would be some of the maybe the questions. But I guess I'll just have to jump in the jump in the pool and just go. <laughs> it, so. it goes quicker that way once you start, <laughs> <laughs> right? You'll have to teach me because you've been for you know, over five years now. So yeah. Yeah, well, I just jumped into the deep end. I thought, okay, okay, I know enough to get in trouble. And then you figure it out as you go. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I know you have, we're going to wrap this up because I could pick your brain all day long, but I'm going to stop. Um, you have something that can benefit our listeners. And I'm wondering if you would share what that is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so along with the book, and I came after, after the book was, uh, was launched, I developed an assessment that I call the narrative power assessment. It's just a few questions. It takes uh, three and a half minutes to take. Take as much time as you want, but that's what the data tells me. 
uh, it's on, it's available on my website. And uh, when you uh, when you take that assessment, you get an email with your results, uh, and that's it. And I usually usually I look at it and I kind of let people contact me if they're interested. I don't I don't have a funnel, and I I don't sell this way. Just in case you didn't pick up on that, um, I picked up on it. Okay, good. Uh, but uh, for your audience, uh, I'd love to offer. 30 minutes of my time with whoever is interested in uh, going over their results. Uh, gr you know, granted that they are authentic results, don't just throw numbers in there, but just do it, do it in a meaningful way, answer the questions as, as authentically as possible, and then reach out to me and say, you know, just tell me you heard this on Sarah's show and, uh, and let's take 30 minutes to go over your results and uh, help me uh, give you my two cents on, on that. So that's my offer just for this podcast. Well, thank you. I think that's a really generous offer. And for folks who have ever struggled with like even being able to say what their purpose or their mission or any of those things that are pieces of a narrative, this mm -hmm. is such a generous offer. Really generous. Thank you okay. so much. One last question for you. And what oh. should I have asked you today that I didn't ask you? Uh, you didn't ask me why I color code my books in the background. I see uh, that. It, I, I wasn't sure if it was a real background or not. I'm thinking he's very yeah. obsessive. I, okay. <laughs> so why do, do you color code your books? So, and just for people who are listening, just listening here, not with the video, I ha I'm sitting in here in my office and my shelf here has uh, lots of books and I, I organize them by color. It looks like a rainbow, a horizontal rainbow. Right, right. I do this because um, I love, I, I, I read a lot, love books, and those books I like to refer to and continuously learn from them. And I need to be able to retrieve them very quickly. I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard who said this. Oh, he was in this orange book. And I turn around and I just go to the orange section and the orange section has like maybe 10 or 15. So it, it narrows down the choice, the search. So it's my own visual search engine. <laughs> I like it. It's simple. Yeah, it's and, simple. And for folks who remember by color or location, it makes it really easy. Exactly. For me, it works. Uh, okay. I wish, should have asked you that. I did not. <laughs> I thank you for that creative question. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to ask anyone else that question again, unless someone's listening unique. and they, I, they're, they're going to have something similar. And I, if I see it again, I'll ask again. Yeah. So. You know, um, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed learning from you today immensely. And uh, if you can't tell, I, there's many more things I think we could talk about. So please stay in touch um, and get back to me with how the whole intuition application is going, how you're applying that, and we can have a separate conversation. I would love that, Sarah. Thank you so much for your help. And I learned too. So thank you so much very fun you've been listening to the no labels no limits podcast with best-selling author change agent and strategic vision coach sarah box you can grab the show notes and find out how to work with sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels no limits podcast We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.